Welcome to the Times Are Changing podcast. My name is Chase. I'm joined here with Zach. We are the COO and CEO of Golden Aspect. This is a podcast about cutting edge strategies in digital and social media marketing. In today's episode, we're going to explain how Instagram always knows what's in your shopping cart and how to use this data as an advertiser to better target audiences with your paid ads. Without any further ado, let's jump right in. All right, so today we're answering the big question, the big question in the description of our podcast, how does Instagram always know what's in your shopping cart? Now, there's a bunch of reasons for this, but the big one really comes down to interest groups. Now, this is something that you may have heard of, but in today's episode, we're going to really break down exactly what that means, all of the implications, and even see which interests you fall into or what interests Facebook and Instagram think think you fall into, which is kind of interesting. So at a broad level, basically, interest groups are Facebook taking all of the data that they have available on you and then using that to put you into different categories or different interests. Now, there's not just one for each person. You're going to have a lot of them and probably many more than you would think. Um, and basically what these are going to do is allow Facebook to determine whether, whether or not you're going to be a good fit for an ad that they're going to show to you. And so the more activity, the more things you do on these platforms and on other platforms as well is going to inform that, is going to make it more accurate. So the more time you spend on social media, the more targeted and probably more accurate the ads you see are going to be. And that's all attributed primarily to these interest groups. And so as, as they accumulate more data points on you, they're able to put you into better buckets, figure out which interest groups may not actually be a good fit. And so they're constantly being updated and constantly being sort of refined. And that's how Facebook is really able to be so accurate with them. Now, one thing you can do if you actually do want to see these for yourself, uh, for Facebook, you can go to www.facebook.com ads preferences, and you'll be able to see there's a multitude, many different categories, many different interests, some of which may surprise you, some of which probably won't, the majority of which probably won't. Um, there's a reason that every one of them is there. And like we said, sometimes, you know, they're constantly being updated. Um, on Instagram, it's actually a little bit different. So it, it actually will target you slightly differently based on your Instagram and your Facebook profiles. Although if you are the same person on both, then you'll probably notice a lot of similarities and a lot of overlaps. Uh, on Instagram to see those, it's a little bit more difficult, um, but you go to your account settings on the Instagram app, then you gotta click on security and then access data, and then finally click on uh, ads. So you gotta scroll down. It's it's a little bit more hidden. They try to bury it from you, but from there, you can see all of the different categories that Facebook thinks you fall into. And uh, it's kind of interesting. I highly recommend you do it at least once. It's kind of interesting. Um, and you'll see that it covers a wide, wide variety of things, you know, business interests, hobbies, travel locations that you're interested in, uh, you know, lots of different people, influencers, food, fashion, education, just about everything that you could possibly think of. They have, they have some data on it. So at a broad level, if you spend a lot of time on these platforms, chances are Facebook knows a lot more about you than you probably would like. Um, and and that's, how, that's how they know what's in your shopping cart because they have your interests. And as we're gonna explain a little bit more, they have a little bit more than that. They can actually tell where you've been shopping. And so that's, 
that's what Zach's going to jump into. So Zach, you want to tell us a little bit more about how they can get this information uh, in, in addition to just the activity that you that you show on on these platforms. Yeah. So while you're scrolling through your interest groups there and having a small mental breakdown about how they know all of your favorite foods, uh, there's actually a lot of really specific ways that Facebook gathers all of this different information. And one of the easiest ways that Facebook can start placing your profile into these different interest groups is by keeping track of the different posts, pages, and accounts that you interact with. So based off of the posts that you like in your feed, based off of the people that you follow, Facebook is going to put those types of things or those types of big accounts in your interest groups. For example, if you like a lot of posts from Ferrari on your Instagram feed, Ferrari is most likely going to show up as one of your interest groups. Now, let's say that you see Ferrari in your interest groups because you like a bunch of their photos. You might also see Lamborghini showing up in your interest groups, even if you don't follow their account or like any of your posts. The reason for this is that Facebook has a ton of data from every single person that uses their platforms on Facebook and on Instagram. And what Facebook is thinking is it's it's looking through data and it's looking at all of the people that, you know, regularly like the posts from Ferrari and it's seeing that most of those people are also liking and engaging with posts from Lamborghini, even if you are not. So what Facebook is going to do is it's going to extrapolate from its larger pool of data the probability that if you're interested in Ferrari, you're probably also going to be interested in Lamborghini. So don't be surprised if you see some things in your interest groups in Facebook or in Instagram of like specific companies or people that you may not have directly interacted with in any trackable way. What Facebook is doing is it's, it's taking you in the things that you do interact with and finding other people that interact with the same thing and then seeing how many of those other people interact with other things. And if there's a lot of common trend lines, like for example, the vast majority of people who interact with Ferrari all the time also interact with Lamborghini, they're going to assume that you are going to fall into that same category and will then stick Lamborghini in your interest groups as well. So. There's kind of two main parts to it. It's the different things that you interact with, and it's also how you compare to the larger pool of Facebook or Instagram users based off of those interactions with posts or accounts. Now, the same thing applies when it comes to ads, right? I'm sure you see plenty of ads popping up in your Instagram feed all of the time. Chances are you're scrolling right past them because you've got a mental ad block turned on for 99% of the ads, but every now and then one does catch your attention and you look at it, you might read the caption, you might click the little see more, you might actually click on the ad or go to the advertiser's website. And when you do that, no matter how infrequently, Facebook is going to make a little note and it'll say, okay, well, if this person scrolled by, you know, 200 ads and only clicked on this one, that means that they're probably pretty interested in whatever realm that this company operates within. 
So you might see some interests popping up related to the ads that you have clicked on or interacted with over time. And the same thing goes for like if you get a bunch of ads for let's say a specific niche interest, like let's say you're a guy and you get a ton of ads for makeup and you never click on or interact with any of the ads for makeup, like Chase was saying over time, uh, the, these interests change and are updated really, really frequently. So if you don't interact with like a, a large genre of ads over a period of time, chances are that interest will then be removed from your ad preferences and then you just won't end up seeing any more of those ads. Yeah, and actually another thing that you can do uh, to sort of like, I guess, hack the system if you're curious, is you can sort of intentionally follow certain accounts and click on certain ads. And it's pretty crazy, but you'll watch really quickly that the ads that you get will immediately switch over to those types of things. So for example, obviously, Zach and I are both very interested in the automotive space. And so for a while, I would only interact with automotive based ads. And essentially, that would just trigger all these different automotive ads to be targeted to me. And as an advertiser, it's actually a great way to look at your competition and see, you know, what kind of creative other people are using, what kind of copy, all that kind of stuff. And so if you are in this space, if you are doing advertising, you can actually sort of hack the system on your personal accounts uh, for at least a little bit. But you'll notice that over time, it'll kind of revert back if you don't continue it, because you're much more predictable than, than you think is what I'll say. And so Facebook will pretty quickly realize once you once you stop that behavior, um, it'll it'll pretty quickly revert back to the normal ads that you've been having and probably pretty well aligned with your interests. But if you are curious, if you want to do it for fun, you can go totally interact with, you know, some random group and you'll notice pretty quickly that the ads will follow. And let's say that you are getting ads for something that you just like are not interested in whatsoever. Uh, you do have control over the interest groups that Facebook and Instagram puts you in to the extent that you can tell them to remove you from certain ones. So like if you go to the facebook.com slash ads slash preferences, you'll notice you'll see in all these different interest groups like Chase was saying, but you can actually like click on one of them and just hit the little X in the upper right corner and it'll remove that interest from your ad preferences so you won't be showing ads for things that are targeting that specific interest anymore so good thing to keep in mind if you keep getting ads for like i know i was getting ads for lightsabers like a ton randomly a little while ago if you're tired of seeing ads for lightsabers just go into your ad preferences get rid of lightsabers it's pretty easy to do so there's a couple of other ways that Facebook is actually able to place you into these interest groups, and that has to do with stuff that's off-platform. There's a big thing that you may have heard of. It's called the Facebook Pixel. Real quick, before Chase explains any more there, I just want to give a little bit more background on what a Pixel actually is. Basically, a Facebook Pixel is a line of code that is installed on a website that tracks information on every single person that visits the website. It tracks everything that they do on the website, how much time that they spend on any given page. It tracks where they click. And it also tracks their email, phone numbers, names, anything that they can possibly grab from that user being on that website. And the advantageous part of this is that Facebook will automatically take that data and then match it to an account on Facebook. And through this data as well, Facebook is able to better track 
your behavior uh, probably more and, and more often than you might expect. Um, and this is actually why, going back to this question about how Instagram knows your shopping cart, um, a lot of big, especially big e-commerce platforms will all have a Facebook pixel installed. So they'll actually, Facebook will actually know when you place something into a shopping cart, regardless of whether it was something that you clicked through an ad or not. And if you abandon that cart, it will also know that you did that and so that's why if you just you know go on Amazon or some other big store and you're looking at something and you click off of it or you don't purchase it and then you go on Instagram, you, <laughs> chances are in a couple ads it's gonna be right in front of your face and that's kind of how that generally works. Another way that Facebook can group you into different interest groups that comes from an outside source is from advertisers uploading customer lists. So like if you've ever ordered something from an online store, they have your email. If you've ever signed up for a newsletter anywhere, they have your email. Your email is probably in the possession of a lot more companies than you probably think that it is. But the important thing about this is that those companies can upload those email lists to Facebook. And when you do that, Facebook is gonna go out and match that email to your account and all of the individual accounts that are associated with those email addresses. So what happens then is if this list is being uploaded as say a list of people who have purchased something from a specific store, depending on what interests that store's page falls into, you might very well see yourself be getting grouped into similar interests because of them uploading your customer list. Now, this is a little bit of a less known, like less practiced way of going about Facebook advertising and will probably have the least amount of impact on your interest groups. Like the things that you interact with are going to be much more you know, prevalent in determining what interest groups you're gonna be put into than advertisers uploading your consumer lists. But it is an important thing to think about and also from an advertiser's perspective, there's a lot of opportunities if you do have large email lists. The final thing that can play into your interest groups is your location. Obviously, Facebook doesn't want to give advertisers the opportunity to show you ads for a small family-owned business on the other side of the country that has no way to service you. So your location is also going to impact the ads that you see and the interest groups that you're put into. And it that will also be taken into account when Facebook is doing that extrapolation from their entire pool of data of all of the other users. They're gonna look at other people around your location who have similar interests and then extrapolate similar interests that those people might be uh, grouped with that you are not to then put you in those interest groups. This episode of Times Are Changing is brought to you by Golden Aspect, our company. We're a digital media and marketing agency that specializes in a one contact for everything social approach and completely integrated marketing campaigns. We emphasize high touch, strong client relationships and fully integrated marketing approaches. 
Each of our marketers are proficient in every service we offer and are reachable seven days a week by text or call. This reliable communication and interaction with your business ensures that your contact will be equipped to handle anything you need anytime you need it. If you want to learn more about what Golden Aspect can do for your business or a friend's business, please feel free to check out our website, www.goldenaspect.com. That is www.goldenaspect.com. All right, so in part two, we wanna jump into a little bit of the advertiser's side, explain how some of these concepts and some of these techniques that we've laid out work from an advertiser's perspective and how that you can really take advantage of them in your own business and make your ads on Facebook that much more valuable and that much more profitable. So Zach, you wanna explain a little bit how you can really take advantage of some of these tools that are available on Facebook? Yeah. So. We mentioned the Facebook pixel in the first part of this podcast. When it comes to taking full advantage of all of Facebook's data tracking abilities as an advertiser, as a business, getting a Facebook pixel installed on your website is step number one. Before you do anything else, you want to have that pixel installed on your site because like we said, it tracks everything about every single person that goes on your site. And because it's through Facebook, when you're running Facebook ads, Facebook is going to give you a lot of different tools to leverage that data. Right off the bat, you can create audiences of the people that have been on your site. If you want to retarget specific people that have purchased a specific item through Facebook ads, you can. If you wanna retarget people that maybe added an item to their cart and then abandoned that cart, you can retarget them directly and say, hey, here's an additional 10% off, come back and complete your order. If you've ever seen an ad like that in your Instagram or Facebook feed, that's how they're doing it. It's through the Facebook pixel. Even if you're not currently running any Facebook ads, it's really important to set up that pixel like as soon as possible, even if you're not planning to run Facebook ads even in the near term, because the more data that the pixel accumulates, the more accurate it's gonna be. It needs a lot of data. so. Especially if you have a high traffic website, you know, it's just gonna be even more accurate. But if your website doesn't have, you know, a crazy amount of traffic, you're gonna need at least a couple weeks or even a couple months to accumulate enough purchases, especially if you're gonna be targeting, you know, people who have purchased. But even just in terms of visitors as well, it's really important to get that up as soon as possible because all you really need is a Facebook account, uh, a Facebook ad account to do so. And so even if you're not currently running Facebook ads, but you have any ambitions of doing so in the future, uh, it's really advantageous to get that pixel up and running as soon as possible because all it's going to do is collect a bunch of data that you can then sit on and use in the future and it'll be much more accurate the longer that you let it run and one of the most profitable things that you can do with that data outside of directly retargeting your website visitors or previous customers is creating look-alike audiences now maybe you've heard of this maybe you haven't but basically the whole idea behind a look-alike audience is let's say you had a thousand people that purchased something from your store. It's all tracked through the Facebook pixel, so Facebook knows who all of those thousand people are. They also know the interest groups of all of those thousand people. So what a lookalike audience does is you basically say, hey Facebook, here's this big group of people. I want you to go find me 
eh, let's say two to ten million more people that are basically clones of these people in terms of their interests. So what Facebook does is they go in and they look at the interest groups that every single one of these people are in and they start to draw trend lines. If they notice that the vast majority of people in this group have, you know, two, three, four, five interests in common, maybe they're all between the ages of 26 and 32, maybe 98% of them are men. Facebook is going to start drawing these trend lines and then what they'll do since literally over a billion people actively use their platforms, they're going to go out and find a couple million more people that are essentially, for all practical advertising purposes, identical to the 1,000 people that you provided, which for running advertising campaigns is literally a gold mine. Forget about having to identify your exact perfect customer demographics. Facebook does all of that for you with the lookalike audience and then goes out and finds a bunch of people in that exact demographic that you can directly advertise to. So like Chase was saying, having more data, especially when it comes to lookalike audiences, is always better. I'll say right now, anything less than a thousand data points gets a little dicey in the area of lookalike audiences, but if you can get 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, those trend lines that Facebook is going to be drawing between the interests of these people are going to be more and more specific and more and more solid. The more data that you can give Facebook to go out and find more people, the closer of a match those people are going to end up being to your true ideal customer. And I'll tell you right now, lookalikes with solid data can be wickedly profitable, just straight up disgustingly profitable. But you need to have the data to back it up, which is, like we said, step one in any sort of online store, get that pixel on your site. It's really crazy how many clients or potential clients we've talked to that don't even know about this or don't have one set up and do a lot of you know, even any, honestly, anything through online commerce, uh, it's, it's free. <laughs> if we didn't say that it's free. Um, and so you don't have to pay any money to get it. It's like Zach said, just a little piece of code and we can't emphasize enough the importance of it. It will save you so much money when running ads. It'll allow you to skip a lot of these guessing and cold targeting that sometimes, you know, you'll have to do, but it will substantially, um, uh, accelerate your profitability on your ads it'll allow you to achieve profitability much much faster and especially if you have you know anything larger than you know a tiny business you're going to have enough data to really make extremely solid lookalike audiences that will like zach said be extremely profitable um, and in this way you're going to be able to take full advantage of what facebook has to offer so i we really cannot recommend uh, installing a Facebook pixel more. And like we said, even if you're not currently running any paid ads, just install it for whatever, you know, whatever person or whatever company might use it down the line. It's everyone's going to want it. And it's extremely, extremely important. So let's say that you are just starting out. And you, even if you, you do have the pixel, right, you got it up there, it's tracking everybody. But maybe you don't have the current traffic, or you just don't have enough data to be able to create profitable lookalikes because especially for a new business it might take a little while to get to a thousand purchases to be able to create a purchase lookalike audience so 
don't worry about that. This is where the whole idea of those interest groups ties into the advertiser's perspective, okay? Targeting by interest is the backbone of all Facebook ads. And the coolest thing about all those interest groups we were talking about in the first half of this podcast is that as an advertiser, you can target those directly. You can advertise directly to people based off of which of those interest groups they are put in. So from an advertiser's perspective, you can get really, really specific about the types of people that you're going to be advertising to based off of the interest groups that you think are going to apply best to your product or service that your business is trying to sell. Now, let's say you want to get even more specific than just targeting you know, single specific interests. There are a couple different options that Facebook allows you to do when creating your ads that have to do with interest groups. So in our newsletter, we used the example of a guy selling boat shoes. Uh, If you were just going to be targeting somebody with a Facebook ad, you might add the interests boats and shoes to your ad targeting. But what that is going to do is it's going to include a lot of other people that may not actually be interested in boats or shoes. You might have people that are really interested in shoes, don't care about boats, or really interested in boats and don't care about shoes. So what Facebook allows you to do is narrow your targeting by what we call cross-targeting. So basically this means that what I can do is pick one interest group, you know, boats, and I can cross-target that and narrow my targeting by saying, Facebook, take everybody that is in the interest group boats and cross-reference that list with everybody that is in the interest group shoes and only show this ad to people that have both boats and shoes in their interest groups. So this allows you to get way, way more specific. For example, like let's say you're selling watches. Instead of targeting you know, watches and Rolex, if you're actually selling Rolexes, cross-target watches and Rolex. So that way you don't get a bunch of people that are interested in, you know, Apple watches or other athletic-oriented watches. You can get really specific by saying, no, 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 Facebook, they need to match this interest and this interest. And you can add as many different interests in there as you want to. You can get really, really specific if you already know the type of person that you really want to go for. Now, let's say that you also know the type of person that you don't want to go for. For example, like Chase was saying in the first half, as an advertiser, you can kind of hack the system by going and, you know, interacting with ads from certain companies and then you'll be shown a bunch more of those ads and then you can see what competing companies or agencies might be doing for their advertisements. As an advertiser, showing ads to sneaky people like Chase in that situation is a waste of money because that person is never going to buy anything. They're literally just looking at your ads and interacting with your ads to figure out what you're doing and then probably steal some of your ideas. So one of the easiest ways to, for example, cut these people out of your targeting is to exclude interest groups. 
which is the next level down when it comes to detailed interest targeting. So you can narrow your audience by saying people must be in two or more specific interest groups and you can also exclude people from specific interest groups. So if I wanted to keep, you know, Chase's sneaky fingers away from my ads, all I would have to do is exclude some interest. Let's say I'd exclude social media marketing, I'd exclude maybe e-commerce, and I'd exclude other things that would be related towards people who might be wanting to snoop in on these ads, but really aren't going to convert. Especially if I'm selling boat shoes, I don't really need people who are social media marketers or that own agencies. So you can get really, really specific in a lot of this targeting. Um, These interest groups cover everything from, like we were talking about, interests that you interact with, also to where you work, your employer. Like you can target people by employer in these interest groups, which can get ridiculously specific. If you want to target Uber drivers for, you know, a phone mount that goes in their car, you can specifically target Uber drivers, which is really, really cool. It's also really expensive, though. And that's another thing that we're not going to talk a lot about on this. We'll probably do a whole episode on ad pricing. But the more specific you get, the more pricey it gets. So obviously keep that in mind. Um, And at, at sort of a broad level, you don't need to get as specific as you might think to be profitable. Um, however, actually when you get that specific, you might be less profitable. Um, but just to wrap things up, uh, first of all, Zach, I don't appreciate you calling me a thief, but I do do that sometimes. I said sneaky. Well, sneaky, you know, anyway, uh, (laughs) either way, um, one thing is for sure is that with the exception of sneaky people like myself, uh, these interests are generally very accurate. Um, and they're very accurate because they just have so much data on people. Now, if you hardly ever use social media, you may be one of the lucky ones where Facebook won't know everything about you. But for anyone who even uses the internet a lot, they're going to know a lot more about you than you probably think. And that, from an advertiser's perspective, is incredibly valuable because it allows you to choose these interest groups with confidence and be pretty much certain that, you know, especially after it optimizes, uh, you're going to be showing these ads to people that really are interested in these things. And especially if you do specify your targeting through, you know, the use of cross-targeting and exclusion, et cetera, et cetera you really are going to be getting right to the people, right to the customers. Um, And it's an incredible opportunity, something that, again, we cannot recommend enough to the vast majority of companies out there. Uh, You really should be investing some time in this. You should have a pixel set up, all this stuff. We're going to say time and time again, because it really just can be yet another profitable opportunity. It's also not the most expensive thing to get into. Um, Facebook ads, you know, do cost quite a bit of money, but you can do a lot with a little, especially if you have an incredible amount of data already built up. So on that note, I think that's where we're going to wrap things up. Uh, Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We upload weekly episodes every Tuesday. If you are interested in reading our newsletter, please go ahead and visit our website at goldenaspect.com slash times are changing. Once again, that is goldenaspect.com slash times are changing. Thank you all so much for listening to this edition of the Times Are Changing podcast, and we'll see you next week. If you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast, please check us out on social media, Instagram at Golden Aspect Media. If you want to learn more about what our company can do for your business, please check out our website, www.goldenaspect.com. 
We offer everything from content creation, social media account management, to digital ad marketing campaigns. Look, if you made it this far, you're obviously interested in this stuff. And are you doing it? Is your company doing it? If you're not, you really should be because you're missing out and we're here to help. So send us a message, send us an email, give us a call. We'll be here, ready to help. Take care.